0: You know, when you're taking in mind all those expectations of other people, then you're very dependent on what other people say, on what numbers will do with your videos, to your videos. At the same time, I am convinced that if you change the direction, when you're being you, when you're being unapologetically you, (laughs) People will come to you because they are interested in what you're doing, your purpose, your values, your, your you.
1: Welcome to Creator Secrets. I'm Tom and in this podcast we will take a look at creativity. By and for creators, we will dive into the secrets of creating your best work and a journey that will take us there. One episode and one talk at a time. And I'm never looking back. You just listened to Eileen. She's a lifelong friend, lifelong learner, a life coach, and finishing her studies in psychology. Basically, she's an advocate for living a life that is tailored to you. In this episode, I am picking her brain to understand the concept of burnout. If you want to be a successful creator, you'll understand me when I say there's a heavy burden on your shoulders. You have a lot of expectations from yourself your audience, possibly some sponsors and other partners. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation to understand burnout and its red flags, but also how we deal with our mental health once we take a tumble. And surprisingly, there is a counterweight to burnout called bore out, which I think back now I probably had some issues with, but more about that later. I took everything that I learned and narrowed it down into a new video that is now also available on my YouTube channel. I'll link it in the show notes, but definitely give this podcast a listen if you want to have, you know, the the full story. So here we go. A conversation where I bring the creator perspective and Elin fills in the cracks with some psychological based facts. First, I have a clip that I found and I want to show you. So you get a little okay. bit of the really the, the thought patterns that we have. Okay.
0: okay. Is it okay if I take some notes?
1: Yes, you can take as much notes as you want. Thank you. So this is Peter McKinnon. Um, I probably think, yeah, you probably don't know the name of this guy. No, I don't. So this is perfect because he is, I think we can say, one of the bigger names on YouTube regarding filmmaking, cinematography, and just YouTube content creation overall. He has a pretty big channel. I think it's over 5 million subscribers, probably more than I'm doing right now. But he also started a few separate channels along the way okay, for the reason that we talked about, to not push himself too much into a corner of keep doing the same thing and keep pushing up and and burning himself out. But he said something in here that's a little bit of what we think as content creators. Um, And I'm just going to let you listen to this.
2: Two Minute Tuesday was a series that I created years ago so that I would have some form of consistency on this platform every week. Being a YouTuber, becoming a YouTuber, having a channel that you want to do well and be successful, one of the first things you're gonna hear is, be consistent, upload regularly. You want your audience to see that you're engaged, that you're going to be there, give them something to look forward to, give them something to get used to, And those two things, those things, are the key to success on the platform. I think that it is very much so a key to success and a means to keep your audience engaged. And it's hard. It's not as easy as you would think it is. It sounds easier than it actually is to enact. And that's why I created something called Two Minute Tuesday. And it was supposed to be like a two minute form factor where I could upload anything I wanted, anything I wanted, and it would just be two minutes. I didn't have to commit to a big story or a big idea or a tutorial that would that would take a while to film or teach in different segments. It was just two minutes, rain or shine. I remember there was days I would wake up on Tuesday and not know what to film, but I was adamant. I had to make something, edit it and upload it because it's Tuesday and I will not not do that.
1: So this uh, this first thing, what I wanted to get to here yeah. with this is how important the consistency is, first of all. I think this was more in the beginning of the fragment of the clip, but he was explaining like, or you are consistent and you you start to build the audience because they know to expect you as mm-hmm. a YouTuber, right? But sometimes life gets in the way and you become inconsistent because... There's stuff happening. Um, you might become a father or might become a mother. You might get sick. You might have some some deeper issues. Whatever it is, there is always a moment that you become a little bit more inconsistent. Mm-hmm. The problem with that also is that if they don't know when to expect you, they will once lose you show, interest. Yeah, and once you show up, ex- exactly like he says, why should we care about this or maybe it's just they've grown up to like other things in the meantime Mm -hmm. and you're just not part of that entree anymore in in that sense that's a little bit of the driving force why a lot of youtubers really want to stay consistent and i've talked on different podcasts about like how can you be consistent because that's also something that's not easy it's constantly coming up with new ideas constantly testing things out constantly innovating upon yourself, upon the formats, uh, looking at analytics, there's a lot going on. It's like
0: having a non-stop brain.
1: It's having a non-stop brain. Okay? It's uh, at the moment that you're sitting down in a sofa, you're sitting with your family, and your brain won't stop working. So it can for some creators, it just becomes their whole life mm-hmm. and it's really hard to shut it off. So therefore, that is a little bit of the segue where I want to make like, if you really go down that rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. you might end up with a burnout. I've seen a lot of creators that just have to stop because they're overwhelmed with everything they do. I think it's really important to start exploring that because there are a lot of smaller creators listening to this podcast and I'm, you know me, I want to be prepared for everything. (laughs) <laughs> but I think being prepared for something like this, knowing like what to look out for, might be important if you finally find success, that you know when to say enough is enough.
0: Yeah, I get it. Prevention is key.
1: Yeah. But before we can do that, we of course have to figure out like what is a burnout in the first place.
0: What is a burnout in the first place? Well, since we have been preparing this podcast, I also looked up some uh, definitions of it. I'm yes. going to take them with me. In Dutch, we call this speakbriefje. So Thanks to my speakbriefje. I can tell you that um, there is a definition in the Oxford Dictionary, yeah. which is stating that burnout is the reduction of a fuel or a substance to nothing through its use. Yeah, that's indeed a technical definition. Although, it's also an interesting one um, in the context of mental health. Because, you know, we... We know our currency as euros or dollars or whatever it is. But, you know, the currency of our body is energy. And when we're talking about burnout, it means that your energy vault is completely empty or nearly nearly empty. It's impossible to pour out of an empty cup. Mm-hmm. It's a very uh, common saying, but it's actually true. Um, so what is happening with a burnout? Your inner, your inner flame has been... Extinguished? Extinguished, exactly. And like you said, you don't want that to happen. Next to that technical definition, there's also a definition um, created by Freudenberger. Freudenberger is um, a scientist who was the first one to examine burnout and um, if it's okay to you, I'm going to read his definition from burnout as well. And he says that burnout is depleting oneself. It's to exhaust one's physical and mental resources to wear oneself out by excessively striving to reach some unrealistic expectation imposed by oneself or by values of society. And when I was um, hearing your colleague talking Mm -hmm. about a two-minute Tuesday...
1: Well, I wish it was a more close colleague. (laughs) (laughs) Then we'd have more success, but...
0: Well, yeah, maybe one day. Yeah. Dream big, some Dream big. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) No, but when I was hearing his story about Two Minute Tuesday, um, the first thing that came into my mind was, what? Every Tuesday? (laughs) Posting a video? Wait, what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Are you insane? Like, cool for you, man, but I wouldn't be able to do it. I I know my resources and they are not going to be enough in order to um, deliver this content like every single week. And that's talking about an expectation. He is setting his expectation right over here. It's like posting a video every week, every single week, and he cannot slide. That's what Freudenberger is saying. If you are setting your expectations too high, it is nearly or it is impossible to meet them. Mm -hmm. As I am a perfectionist myself.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so are you. Yeah, we we know where this is going. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's a challenge to lower your expectations or to handle them differently. But I think that's at the basis of um, preventing a burnout, treating one as well.
1: The thing is with, with YouTube and with um, content creation itself, like once this becomes your main job, I mean, it, it can get manageable to do that every week because that is what you're doing that week. Right. And it's also this what for him, it was supposed to be a, a in-between solution while he was working on the bigger project videos for that week. I think what's interesting here, though, for him is that he set out this two minute Tuesday thing without expectations, at least in the beginning. It, mm-hmm. did, it evolved in something else, but he started off uh, and it's something interesting for me to hear is um, I can do whatever I want here. It Mm -hmm. didn't have to be about niche topic, insert whatever you want. Uh, It can be just two minutes or could be longer. I can do whatever I want here. And this way I'm building a more close relationship with viewer instead of just doing this niche thing that, uh, that they know me for. So I think this was meant to be an escape in a way that it turned into
0: a side project became a,
1: yeah, a little problem. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you get the freedom in the beginning became locked in because now again people are expecting something of you. Mm-hmm. And that expectation again is what fuels a lot of those issues regarding mental health for creators because mm-hmm. you're feeling a lot of expectations upon yourself to deliver because you have to have enough views, yourself to grow to bring in new people so you can bring in more people you have to have enough use for if you're able to do sponsorships brand deals um, you need to work together with other to collaborate so there's a lot of expectations on your shoulders and that's when it gets a little bit overwhelming to be a creator and honestly I think that's why I haven't been um, consistent yet because in a way I feel like this is my my passion project mm. and I don't want to go it make it too demanding or I don't want to commit that much because I'm afraid that I'm going to burn down on that road and I don't want to have to have my passion become something poisonous in a way does that make sense?
0: So it's actually very interesting that you said that, because the sister Nagoski, they wrote a book about burnout. And they're stating that burnout consists of three key elements, which is emotional exhaustion, decreased sense of um, accomplishment, mm-hmm. and depersonalization. And now you're going to ask me what those what does it mean? <laughs> yeah,
1: because I mean, we can hear terms, but
0: so emotional exhaustion means that you're you've been carrying too much too long. So when you're stating that it's my passion project and I am really invested in this, which I understand, though, which is a good thing, though. But, you know, overinvesting means being overly worried, cautious, <laughs> cautious. Yeah. But not only cautious, it's like really worrying. It's like you can't take your thoughts off it. Mm-hmm. It's always there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even in the smallest two, <laughs> even when you're uh, at a coffee bar waiting for your coffee, or I don't know, wherever, whenever, it's taken over your life. And the problem with that is when you're in your mind, in your head, you won't be able to feel what's going on. And emotional exhaustion, which, what is, what are emotions? Do you know? From which words? From
1: from biology or (laughs) from...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Language-wise?
1: Language-wise, no.
0: It's like energy and motion. Yeah. Uh E-motion. Bing! But you know what? An emotion has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But when you're stuck in your head, probably you'll feel the beginning or the trigger will be there. And the... Neurotransmitter process, like like you call it, will be started. But what happens with the middle part? What about the end? It's like a tunnel. You have to go through it to get to the end, to see the light. And what's going on here is when you're stuck in your head, you won't be able to feel these emotions. They will get stuck in your body. And you know what? When you're having a burnout or you're having signals for a burnout, your body will respond So it's very important to acknowledge these emotions. But it's not even possible anymore when you're in the red race Mm -hmm. of your own thoughts. So that about (laughs) emotional exhaustion. Yeah. Um, The second thing was a decreased sense of accomplishment, which means probably you'll be doing a lot during the day. You'll be answering mails, you'll be recording things, you'll be editing videos. If I'm right, because I'm not... No content creator, so...
1: <laughs> you're still right.
0: Okay, thank you. Also,
1: looking at analytics, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a bunch of things Okay, you're supposed to do.
0: Have you ever had a day in which you've been doing a lot of little things, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you were having a feeling of, oh
1: God. I didn't do
0: shit. Yeah, exactly. Imagine that feeling every single day. Mm-hmm. During a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years maybe.
1: I would probably get into a psychologist in the meantime <laughs> if <laughs> <is> that long, <laughs> to be honest.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but imagine that, that mm-hmm. you have a feeling of futility. Mm-hmm. It can make you feel useless. And that feeling is like one of the three components of a burnout. And the third one was depersonalization you were telling me that you have been working on a project in which you didn't feel aligned with your own values.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: How was it to communicate with people from that specific project?
1: Uh, in, In what way? Like I can communicate well with what they wanted to have in the project itself and that will get done.
0: How did you feel that's during the communication? That's a different thing. Mm-hmm.
1: I think the communication went right because I tried to be professional okay. about it, right? And didn't let, don't show those things. And of course, we can change things and maybe it will add a little bit to the prize if you do this and that. But okay, all of that will work. But at the end of the day or after a few days of going back and forth, back and forth, you, you get drained and you ask yourself, like, why, why am I even doing this?
0: Mhm. Were you also thinking like fuck off. Don't bother me.
1: Yeah, but I have that about a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> Depersonalization means is that you cannot sympathize anymore with your clients, with your partner, with your family, with your friends, with whoever. It doesn't matter who is around you, but it's very difficult for you to take on his or her viewpoints. Because your head is full of your own thoughts, of your own problems, which you cannot handle anymore. Mm-hmm. Or of which you have the feeling that you can't handle it anymore. Because there's a great difference between the two of them, of course. But it's like, you don't care anymore about what is going on in the world. And when you notice that, you're you're like gliding off, slipping off. And the combination with uh, a decreased sense of accomplishment and with emotional exhaustion makes you like, like a balloon which is losing air Mm -hmm. i'm trying to
1: (laughs) (laughs) to make that weird noise that it makes
0: (laughs) (laughs) you did a better job than i did (laughs) Mm.
1: and then there's something else um that i heard you say before and i've I've, I've read also somewhere the bore out
0: so there's a slight difference between a burnout and a bore out although they Seem very similar and their um, symptoms can be very similar. There is a difference. And I'm going to try to explain it in a more technical way. For that, I will need my arms.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so try to envision what she's going to say next. It really helps. I mean, it really helps.
0: I will use my meditation voice. (laughs) No, I won't. But (laughs) imagine that you are on a seesaw. And on the one hand of the seesaw, you have your carrying capacity. On the other hand of the seesaw, you have your carrying load. When there is a balance, everything is quiet and everything is okay. But when we're talking about a disbalance, we can go either way. Or your carrying load is bigger than your carrying capacity. Or your carrying capacity is bigger than your carrying load. Um, in the first scenario, when you're carrying capacity <laughs> is bigger than your carrying load, um, that means that life may not be challenging enough for you. You can t- take on a lot of more stuff than you are doing right now. It can get boring. Mm-hmm. So you can already imagine I'm talking about a bore out. On the other hand, when the seesaw is going in the other direction and your carrying capacity is not as big as your carrying load. Well, then everything can be very overwhelming. When it surpasses your carrying capacity, yeah, then it's possible that you will break, which can lead to a burnout or even further a depression or then you're looking at other clinical terms, I yeah. say.
1: It's it's like being in the red as we say.
0: Yeah, like yeah. that.
1: Okay. So then with a bore-out, um, it's not just boring, but it's like being a long time being in the situation that you feel like you have so much more to give, but the, the assignments that come in are just... You can choose whenever to do them because you know I don't need a lot of time to do this, and you're sitting there waiting for something exciting to come along your way, but it never comes.
0: Yeah, it's like you're saying... You're waiting. Mm-hmm. When you're saying that, it sounds to me like you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Stuck in a place in which you know you can do more, in which you know you can deliver more, but you're just not doing it. And I'm not saying that's all your accountability mm-hmm. or your responsibility, because, of course, there is a interaction with you and your environment. Mm-hmm. But it's exactly that.
1: And then with the burnout, I mean Yeah. I also feel like it's something as uh, something that I hear like the, the older generation, the boomers, say. <laughs> it's like it's the sickness of this day and age. It's something that's been going on like the past ten years and before you never really heard something about that. Like why is burnout happening now?
0: I'm going to take you back to the era of the Industrial Revolution, in which everything needed to be faster, stronger, better, lasting longer. What has been happening during the last couple of decades is that we have been evolving from that kind of industry to a knowledge industry, a knowledge environment. And the problem with that is it's a very abstract thing. It's not tangible. It's not tangible to measure either. For example, when you're being creative, you're having a bunch of ideas, you're developing them, but it's not resulting in a, a physical conc- thing. Yeah, yeah. a conc- concrete end product. But you have been productive during the whole day, mm-hmm. but still at the end of the day, you can feel like, "Oh God, <laughs> I haven't accomplished shit."
1: No, I, and this is something that I talked about with Ryan, for example, on the podcast. Is like productivity versus procrastination and all these things, uh, which is something like if you're interested in that, like go listen to that episode. Nowadays, people have a little bit of a weird sense of like what is productive. We always have to be productive. And sometimes is something I've learned is that you don't have to be productive in a sense like I need to finish this, these tasks now, but you can set up, for example, systems or maybe your own belief systems in a way Mm-hmm. that you will be productive along the way. But you, you do have to make time to set up those systems. Otherwise, it doesn't work. It's like simpl- something simple as what we did today with Notion. Like Notion is a really good program to build your... Um, and this is not an ad, by the way. This is a, it's, a, it's a really good program to, to centralize all of your productivity task your ideation like a bunch of stuff you can do but it takes a little bit of time to set it up Mm -hmm. but once you've set it up you can take out a lot of workload or brain work or whatever you want to call it yeah that you don't have to do again and again and again and I think there are some things you can do as a creator like coming up with a format for example something Mm -hmm. that is repeatable but you can just add a few things, so it's not the same video you're producing, so it's still creative, but it takes a little bit of burden away of, like, I need to come up with something completely new. It, this is something that I felt a lot the, the last few two years, I think. I was always making something completely new from scratch, because I wanted to be creative. Coming up with a format, it helps you as a creator because you have a little bit of stability in mm-hmm. a way. It also helps the viewer because they know in a way what to expect, but they don't know what the video is going to be 100%. Yeah, it gives you a little bit more brain space to, to do other
0: things. True that. And at the same time, you don't have to reinvent yourself from scratch, like you're saying, every single time all over again. I can imagine that feels exhausting. Interesting as well.
1: It it might feel interesting in the beginning. And then this comes back to the clip I showed you. Like it starts off Mm -hmm. exciting. It's new. And I think that's something that creators have to have. If you're a creator, creative, you're the rush of creating something from nothing. I mean, that's why you do it. That's what you want to do, right? You want to make new stuff happen. Something that nobody ever thought about before. Imagine you're starting off as a creator, mm-hmm. everything is going well, uh, but imagine you start off, you have 50 people watching. I mean, if you just imagine 50 people in a room, it's already quite a lot to say like, hey, come watch this video from me and, and you're sitting there waiting for their...
0: I would be scared <laughs> as hell, you know?
1: You're already scared <laughs> sitting here and we have three cameras pointing at us, right? I mean... yeah. Imagine having 50 people in the room and you're sitting there and showing them your video and you're waiting for the response and you don't know what it's going to be because that's what the comment section is about. Okay. Okay. Now imagine you're doing really well and in one year time, like one year, it's not that much, right? But in one year time, you went from 50 viewers, all of a sudden, maybe you're really lucky you had 100,000 people following you now. Oh, a lot. Imagine you sitting in front of them like, hey, I'm going to show you a video right now. I made this and tell me what you think. Like, that's a lot of weight all of a sudden for doing exactly the same thing because you're creating a video that you would create. Uh, Maybe it's, it's, it's good to know, like, what are those first signs of, what does a burnout look like? Because if if we know what the first signs, like the red flags and, and those yeah. kind of things, what they are, then we know, uh, oh, shit. To see it in perspective, this might be a creator who has been uploading nonstop every week two videos for the past year, who made a commitment with himself. I'm going to look at this for one year and see if it's going to work out. That means... He's been canceling a lot of conversations, a lot of things with his friends, uh, family appointments, maybe skipping a few healthy things out, like going Hmm. to the gym and stuff, because he wanted to push down, keep on making new videos, new new stuff to come out. And then after that year, he's actually starting to get traction. The thing is, if you have success, it's like... Yeah, okay, but now it only started because you did what you did to get here, and now you're even there's even more expectations that are coming your way. And to keep that up, you need to be able to handle that very well.
0: You know, when you're taking in mind all those expectations of other people, you're letting external energy influence your internal energy then you're very dependent on what on other people say, on what numbers will do with your videos, to your videos. At the same time, I am convinced that if you change the direction of, the, of that energy flow, when you're being you, when you're being unapologetically you, <laughs> people will come to you because they're interested in what you're doing, your purpose, your values, your, your you you know, and when you're just producing videos because you want to produce them because you made a promise to yourself.
1: <laughs> what that changed, that mindset for me is, I also became more confident about what I was saying because I Yay. did the things that I was actually knowledgeable knowledgeable about. And also, uh, I wasn't doing this for somebody else. I was doing this because I wanted to put this out in the world. And what I got back was people starting to DM me more. People starting to comment more of like, hey, I love this video. I want to see more of these things. I want to do. And that's why I'm also a little bit wary because this is that exciting part at the beginning that, that Peter McKinnon was talking about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: right? It's when people are starting to get familiar with you. They start to get those expectations and they start to incorporate you in their life. Because that's also something you have to take into account. Like when you're watching someone online, and this is something that I feel too, like you're watching a lot of that same person. So you almost start to feel like you're friends with them because yeah. they're part of your life. Like you're watching this in the morning when you're having your breakfast. Mm-hmm. You're watching this when you're on the toilet. Like, you're watching this in a lot of intimate moments when you I'm you're,
0: not watching you when I'm on the toilet, Yeah, that's, that's good. Thanks for that's the good. idea.
1: But I know I've been watching YouTube videos when I don't have you're stuff to do. You're taking a shit, yeah. Well, I have stuff to do, but... <laughs> I mean, we can be honest about that. Um, so you're incorporating people online into your daily lives. and And so you also feel that in the way that they communicate to you. So naturally, you're going to take those expectations with you. So that's where I also want to be wary when... um, I also want to be wary here of what are those signs? What are the signs that, that you feel like you're pushing it too far?
0: You're, you're talking about red flags?
1: Red flags, burnout, like when am I pushing myself? Like if I keep continuing. Okay. So I actually manage <laughs> eventually to keep doing this like mm-hmm. a marathon, not a sprint.
0: Red flags. There are many of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And the important thing to stress here is it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. A burnout can be presented in your body and mind differently than it could be in mine. When I was going through that process, one of the first things I noticed was, I was forgetting a lot of stuff. Secondly, I am a clumsy person. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. (laughs) But I was being even more clumsy. (laughs) My little toe, ouch. A third thing or a third sign, um, you're being exhausted. For example when you're going to the gym you can't perform anymore like you used to and you're getting frustrated by it because you want to do a better job but you just can't your body is telling you i'm tired motherfucker, take some rest you don't really want to listen to it because the list of things you want to do just keeps growing and growing or you're not taking your rest at the same time when after a long day of work you're you're getting a seat in your sofa and you're just falling asleep like you don't need anything anymore. That's also a sign of exhaustion. Another sign of exhaustion is that you cannot tolerate as much stimuli as before. Like your sensory system is being overloaded by the, all the information from the outside world.
1: Yeah, like the least amount of things you can smell, you can oh, hear, yeah. you can touch. It annoys the crap out of you.
0: Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm thinking about some other signs. Oh, you were talking about um, taking on a lot of jobs, a lot of tasks. And it's like a sign that you're not building in time for yourself into your agenda. And when there is a little amount of time in your agenda for for yourself, you're just like, oh, well, okay, that's not important. Let's just uh, schedule a meeting. Um, anxiety, not, not only for my body is letting me down and I don't know what to do with it, But also anxiety of, like we all know the term FOMO, Mm -hmm. fear of missing out. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: So you want to attend every party, every invitation, every... I don't know what you want to attend. (laughs) But you're just going to the party, to the event, because you don't want to miss it. You want to be part of it.
1: You want to make videos, because you're afraid that if you don't make videos, people are going to forget you.
0: Yeah. Um. All those things are like signals that you've been living in a roller coaster, <laughs> a roller coaster which you cannot control, which you are trying to control with your thoughts, though. We were talking about energy and motion, about emotions, you know, about not feeling those. It's because you are in your head all the time. You're thinking and thinking and thinking and non stop thinking, and you're living like a walking head, not the walking dead, but. Nearly dead, maybe, no? <laughs> but you're like a walking head. What if I'm not able to make my deadline? What if I'm not reaching those viewers that I want to reach? Oh, no. One thought is provoking the other one. And it's like a domino effect of thoughts. And at the same time, you're not paying attention to what is happening into in your body. And for example, that can lead to panic attacks. That's like a sign of your body. <sighs> Too much... Too much to handle, hold your horses, girl, or hold your horses, human, or man, or I don't know. I remember one day I was getting back from work and I was walking towards my car, which was parked like at 15 minutes of the place that I was working from. Um, And I remember the moment that I took place behind the steering wheel. It was a sunny day, (laughs) but I saw like black clouds. I couldn't see the things properly anymore. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? It was the first time. No, it was not the first signal. I had been ignoring (laughs) physical signals before. But it was the first time that I was really aware of the physical signal that my body was giving me. My body was actually telling me in body language, which I didn't understand before. You're pushing me too far. And it was the first time that my mind... In my head, we're in one line. And that was, like, the first step of acknowledging, like, oh, fuck.
1: It's something that I hear a lot is, is um, exactly that step, like, acknowledging it. Do you have it? Like, owing it up to yourself, like, hey, I'm in this situation and I need to look a little bit more of what, what, ha- what got me here. Um, and then something else, I, I guess the next step is... Learning to rest a little bit, learning to slow down and to reimagine like what is the, what has been going on here. Mm-hmm. That's also not that easy.
0: I had made the decision for myself, okay, tonight I'm going to take a good night of sleep so that tomorrow I will have regained my energy just to flow through the day. Yeah, <laughs> guess what? I didn't sleep at all. <laughs> my thoughts were racing once again. I just barely slept one hour or something like that but i knew it was a big day at work once again but fuck i can't um i called my doctor and i said to him this is going on and he was like okay you're not going to work for the next two weeks and i was like (laughs) 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 that's a joke i'm not joking Eileen. you're not going to work for the next coming two weeks
1: i mean doctors don't give away like if you're sick like, if you're having a cold or something, like, they give you two days and that's it. Yeah. Giving you two weeks.
0: It was a sign. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, a very big sign telling me, go and get some rest.
1: But what do you do then when you when you have to rest? I mean, I can imagine, like you said, your thoughts are racing, yeah. and then all of a sudden you get um, two weeks at home. Like, how do you, what do you do to rest like is it laying down and, and because I can imagine you cannot you're not in the headspace of I'm just going to sit down and, and not do stuff
0: I did some walkies some talkies with myself <laughs> no but I, I went from some, for some walks um, and at the same time that was also comforting for me soothing for me because I knew I was not just laying in bed being lazy it helped me with the Change from being on top of my game to, I really need to take a rest. So that's one thing you can do. Grounding. Like I said, it's like being in contact with nature. And normally people say, be creative. But as a creative, do not do that. (laughs) Please don't go there. (laughs) Or not in the way you're used to being creative, at least. Next thing, which is really necessary, is getting in touch with your own body. (laughs) Being aware of your body. Uh, Like I said, the signals of my body were those black clouds. It was body language. And actually, my body had been speaking to me before, but I just, I wasn't able to recognize what it was saying because I was not speaking body language. So getting in touch with your body is like really tuning into it. You have to search for what works for you. You know, I can imagine that doing a yoga class with you would be good for my... (laughs) Laughter.
1: <laughs> your laughing uh, yes. your laughing muscles. Relaxing yeah. muscles, but... This is something that we touched on with Ryan as well. Try a few things. Like one of the things there was um, standing in front of a mirror and looking into the mirror and talking to yourself. To me, that sounds fluffy. That's something I know that doesn't work for me because it's just not how I... It, it just doesn't feel right. Whereas, like you say, going out and walking like me putting a podcast in my ear or putting music in my ears, going for a walk, being where I am at home, me going to the beach, that's where I clear out all my my thoughts. That's what works for me. But that doesn't necessarily work for you.
0: No, but I think an important thing you touched there was, um, like when I'm at the beach or when I'm walking, when I'm in nature, you said like, I feel like home. Yeah. And that's a sense of safety, And that sense of safety is something you really, really, really need in order to accept that you're in a burnout and in order as well to give your body the signal that it's okay. We're in a safe place. You don't Mm -hmm. need to be um, rushing into things. You don't need to get that adrenaline and cortisol peak. It's okay. That place that feels like home, that can be nature, that can also be conversation with your partner with your friends that can be going dancing on a salsa night
1: i think most people know what that feels like right
0: feeling home yeah i hope so i really do
1: so you have the the first signs like whether or not you want to acknowledge that they are there Mm -hmm. Um, you might feel it in your body itself it might be in the way that you're thinking. It might be your energy levels during the day. Um, let's say you acknowledge that. Like, what is the next phase or the next steps to take from there? So you have the resting. You took a little bit of downtime. The two to two weeks has passed. Have passed. Now, what? What next? What to do next?
0: So from that point, it's really important that you that you're able to share it with not only a doctor because. I think a doctor can be a very important person in the supporting system. Talk about it with your partner, with your friends, with your family, by whom you have a feeling that it's safe to say it. Because, you know, I have friends to, to which I said, hey guys, I'm not doing so well.
1: Something is wrong.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's not so okay. I keep laughing though. but <laughs> And there are some other friends which I haven't told. Right. So who is your 911 person you go to when you're having a problem? Please share it with him or with her. Um, don't carry this burden on your own. The next step or phase is please get some professional help. I already mentioned my doctor. Of course, my doctor was not the only one during my process of recovery. Um, I also had the support of a psychologist or a coach. Um Depends on the severeness of, of your complaints. Yeah. Get in touch with someone who has a professional insight into this thing called a burnout. What are my values? Who am I? What do I want in my life? Because I do not want to get here another time. I do not want to extinguish my flame <laughs> once again. It's not worth it.
1: I think also like going the professional route... Going for therapy, going things because it's still after all these years, it seems like it's taboo in yeah. some regions and, and some places. Um,
0: look, it helps you. Look, it, you're not crazy when you're going to a therapist. Probably yeah. if your therapist is me, <laughs> she can be <laughs> crazy <laughs> as a human being, <laughs> but she's not crazy in what she does or um, she's not, not going to tell
1: you, or he's not going to tell you what to do. Oh, no. It's about understanding why you do the things that you do and in the way that you do it.
0: Yeah, and what is holding you back from uh, changing the way you're doing things?
1: So, Eileen, we have been talking about this for a while now. I can imagine that we covered everything on burnout. Like, where can they go next when they're sitting with these thoughts or want to learn a little bit more about this?
0: Do a therapist. <laughs> No, but I I can imagine that you want to dig into things. Um, slow down with that as well. I read some books, for example, uh, about the subject. And I know a, a book in Dutch, in het Nederlands, um, which is called Naaromstandigheden nogal slecht. I don't remember the author, though, but if you Google it, you'll find her. So there is a second book from The Sisters Nagovsky which we have been talking about before.
1: At the beginning of the
0: episode. At the beginning of the yeah. episode, when we, were, we were talking about uh, emotions. Um, and the title of the book is Burnout, the secret to unlocking the stress cycle. So there are three phases of emotions, which we've talked about, beginning, middle and end. So it's very important that when we are feeling those emotions of anxiety, of um, being angry, um, even of happiness, it needs like, an end point. You need to signal your body that, hey, we're safe now. It's okay. We don't have to run from that lion anymore. We don't have to fight him anymore. It's a safe space to be here. And according to the sisters Nagovsky, there are seven ways um, to speak that type of body language. To give your body the message like, hey, we're safe. Chill out. It's okay to end Mm -hmm. This uh, stress motion. So there are seven ways uh, which can help you to uh, end the stress cycle. Like you said, physical activity. Second one, breathing. Third one, positive social interaction. The fourth one, laughter. Fifth one, affection. Getting a hug, for example. Six, the big old cry. Or scream. And the seventh one is creative expression. As a creative person, mm-hmm. please don't go the road where that that you know already.
1: Yeah, this is exactly what I want to <laughs> say. Like when I was in that stage of like I, I need to do something, like I, this yeah. is it's too much. Um, I've always been really interested in drawing. Like drawing was my my entry into the creative world. When I feel stressed, I go back to drawing because I can just, I like I said, I put on some music and I can just draw out the stress. That's that's how I worded it back when I was younger. So even though you are creative, and I think maybe as a creator, it is good to keep doing something creative because it helps you stay in that mindset of, oh, I didn't lose it, because that's important there.
0: That's really important. And I absolutely loved the way you stated that it was my entry to the creative world.
1: We all have to start somewhere, right? True that. So, um, Helene, this podcast is called Creator Secrets. You might not be a creator in the strict sense of the word, but with the whole thing about burnout, with mental health and all of that, what is your secret?
0: If you're having a burnout or you're recognizing signs of a burnout within yourself, please remember you're not a failure. You're not a failure of the system you're not letting yourself down not at all it is just a sign of your body that you've been handling too many things for too long and that you need to readapt and need to find a system a rhythm that suits you your self-worth or your value does not depend on your product- productivity on your efficiency it depends on who you are as a person and you know what like we already said before everyone has another definition of success please find your own and when you found it and you're living by it I hope you're enjoying life
1: and I hope you're enjoying it too so we also did a Q&A session with some questions you had about imposter syndrome, ADHD, and uh, lacking motivation to create. But since we're already so long into the podcast, I'm going to keep that for the next episode. So keep on the lookout for that one. Some have told me, and personally I, I think the same, that Aileen has a very calming voice which just helps you relax. So if you want to learn more about Elin, you can find her on Instagram on at lifeline.nu. As she recently started her own life coaching business. If you're from Belgium and you're struggling, you need a listening ear. I think she is a great person to start with. Links in the show notes as usual. Guys, I will hear you next time. Until then, please give the show a good star rating if it helped you in, in any way. And share it with a creator friend to tell them it's okay to take a break. We are more than just our content. Ciao.